Hey there, MuggleCast listeners. I am back to inform you of some excellent news. GoDaddy.com is having better deals than ever. For only $3.59 a month for 12 months, you can get GoDaddy.com's economy package. With 250 gigs of bandwidth, 5 gigs of storage, and up to 500 email accounts, you can get your own website up and running with success. And as usual, enter code MUGGLE, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out. Save an additional 10% on any order. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Today's MuggleNet podcast is brought to you by Borders. In May, thousands of Harry Potter fans descended upon New Orleans for the Phoenix Rising Conference. Borders was there to take in the sights and share a lively discussion of the series that has bewitched the world with some of Harry's most dedicated fans. Listen in to watch the action yourself. Check out the Phoenix Rising Borders book club discussion at BordersMedia.com slash Harry Potter or click on the Borders banner at the top of the MuggleNet page. Welcome to uh, MuggleCast live in Chicago. Another town, another show. Emerson's joining the panel this week, or today. Finally. Yeah, this is, uh, for me, it's, it's a little bit of a coming home because I actually, well, I live in LaPorte, Indiana, which is about an hour from here, but I actually was born in Hinsdale, and I lived in Oak Park for a short period. Yeah, Oak yeah. Park. How many, how many of you guys here uh, were at Oak Park and listened to Ben and... Oh, wow! <laughs> so you guys, uh, you guys were there to listen to uh, Ben and I talk about what we thought was going to happen in Book 7. How many people were at Waterstones for Jamie and uh, my event? Yeah, right. Yeah, in London. Nobody? Nobody. Nobody. Oh, that's, that's a hey, shocker. Raise, um, raise your hand if you finished the book already. Okay, by the way, if you haven't, uh, you might want to leave because we're talking yeah. <laughs> a lot. So. That is a serious you warning. Right? You don't have to leave, but we're probably going to spoil parts of the book for yeah. you. By parts, and by the parts, whole he thing. Means, yeah. yeah, the whole thing, kind of. That shirt is not allowed here, man. Please. I, I guess no one's leaving. Ouch. Good. Okay. Because most events, people just walk out here yelling at us. So, um, All right, so Emerson, we want to hear your thoughts on the book first because uh, we haven't heard them yet. Uh, is this a hands down best book ever or what? It rocked. I was really happy, really happy. It was, there was so much action. Uh, the, the ending was just incredible. The uh, I like like many of you, I thought the epilogue was it did reek a little bit of some cheese. Uh, but I understand why it had to happen that way. I understand J.K. Rowling said that you know she couldn't try to she wanted she originally was going to crowbar you know every bit of information that we wanted into it, but it didn't read very well. By the way, can everybody in the back hear me? Okay. Well, I, I, my mic, I need my mic to get a little louder, please. A little louder. All right, all right. Is that a little bit better? Come on, dude. Get together back here. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much swallowing the mic right now, so uh, it, uh, you, yeah, you can blame him if it doesn't work. Oh, see, that's what happens when it gets too loud. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. So anyway. So I, I enjoyed the book a lot. I thought it was great. And I also was really, really proud to see that... Um, 
just by a show of hands, who here ever got a chance to pick up a copy of MuggleNet.com's What Will Happen in Harry Potter 7? Okay. Okay, so... We called it, folks. We called it. Like, this... Not to, you know, toot our own horn too much, but... We were pretty much right. <laughs> yeah. Harry is a horcrux. Just so... Okay, you have no idea how, how proud it makes, particularly Emerson and I, to say that because we did probably around 30 or 40 book events this summer, and everywhere we went, everyone was just doubting us. They said, you know, there's no way he's a horcrux, and there's people who supported us, so for those of you who did, thanks a lot. For those of you who didn't, I hate you. Seriously, every event we did, as soon as the horcrux theory came up, we spent the entire rest of the event just defending it. Every, every hand went up, tried to prove us wrong. But and I can't, I, Ben and I both did, we had to doubt ourselves a little bit because we got so much, and there were so few fans who really bought into the theory. But we were right. And we even did and, a poll on MuggleNet, and two thirds of people thought that Harry was not a Horcrux. So and when we're we definitely in the minority. And at the, beginning of the, at the beginning of the summer, it was probably more like 10%, I would say. Nobody really understood the theory, and nobody really thought that there was a much probability of that happening. Right, and then, of course, Emerson and I became more convincing than, <laughs> you know. I think uh, it was great reading the line right in the book where Dumbledore just straight up said to Harry, you are the seventh hero of Horcruxes. I like punched unreal. the air on that point. And ben, no ben was like, debate. yes! No debate at all. Harry was and is a Horcrux. So. Should we stop boasting right. now and no talk com- about Harry okay. Potter? <laughs> <laughs> and, and because we were talking about the weather right there, Jamie, uh, yeah. were we? <laughs> anyway, J- Jamie, what did you think about the book? Well... Every single person I've spoken to on the panel here and most, and most other Americans, I don't know if it's an American thing, but they just say one word. You, you know, when I ask them, how's the book? They'll be like, everyone's like, it was cool, dude. You're like, that rocked. No one actually gives an explanation as to what they thought of the book. Because apparently these words so, encompass so everything. So, Jamie, what did you think of the book? <laughs> it rocked, dude. It was good. It was good. Um, Emerson, did you, did you cry when you read the book? In parts? No, I was there. I was there. I didn't see any tears unless he hit it really well because I was there as he finished it. Tears of, tears of joy, perhaps. How many, how many people... I, sorry, go ahead. Um, you know, this actually has nothing to do with anything we're talking about, but I, w- I really want to clear something up here. Harry didn't die. Okay? He did not die. And if you don't believe me, I encourage you to go back and reread Dumbledore... When, when Dumbledore says to Harry, you know, what's the difference between something that, you know, is in your head and something that's real? Mikey, Mikey, should we tell our theory again about the... Uh, uh, you tell we could. About, you want me to tell it this yeah, time? Yeah, you tell it this time. Okay. So, speaking about, you know, Build Harry it up. in his head. Build it up with All a right, card. The, the abridged right, you know. version, please. <laughs> All right, the abridged well version, according to Andrew Sims. Well, when you read that chapter about King's Cross, and it's in Harry's head, and we don't know if he actually died or lived, but according to Emerson, he didn't die. There's this, like, screaming baby that's deformed and crying. We don't know what that is. That's actually Voldemort. That's his Horcrux. That's deformed. You know, it's beyond repair. You can't, you can't bring it back. Harry wanted to go and save it, but Dumbledore's like, no, he can't. Otherwise, he went ahead, and if he did try to save it, he would go ahead and die with Voldemort yeah. or a part of his soul or come back. And the reason why it's a deformed baby. Uh, Jamie, you want to finish it off there? Well, well we, we sort of talked about how a baby, uh, a newborn baby, is a pure piece of symbolism. You know, it's a pure soul. Unadulterated soul, but because it's deformed and you know burning and all like and crying, then it's Voldemort's it's soul. Been split uh, yeah. seven times, and it's more than what Harry and, can or yeah, Voldemort can, can actually have. It's been deformed, malice, everything, and that's deformed, kind of lying down, 
deformed, crying baby thing. It's just like, I can just imagine it's like being like, it's like, it's like, it's just like a piece of like blob essence baby thing. And, and really it's, you know, it's part of Voldemort's soul. It's the seventh piece of his soul that was an unintentional horcrux yeah, that was and, in Harry. And Harry needs Dumbledore to tell him that he can't help it, and so he has to go back to the world while it, and the baby gets what, on the train and goes to yep, the Yep, and that's when world. he goes on the train back to Hogwarts, and uh, yeah. that's when he's separated from the seventh Horcrux, and he's you know gotten rid of that piece of Voldemort's soul, and then all we need is uh, Neville Longbottom to chop off that snake's head, and then, and then Voldemort can die! Followed by a series of Expelliarmuses, which is how... <laughs> Harry wins yeah. everything. Ben and I have that's an amazing spell. Ben, really? Are we being mean when we put forward this theory that Harry? We don't. We don't really think this, but we think. So we do think this. We think that Harry is. He's an extraordinary boy, but he seems to get a lot of help with a lot of things. Like no, there's he, always. There's always well, a, every single time. You know, he'll faint. Hermione and then he'll wake the real up hero. And, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Hermione will be Girl next. Girl power, go Hermione, people. <laughs> But you guys, you guys have to admit that in book seven, like every like five pages, Harry would be in another near death situation yeah. and would be miraculously saved well, by yeah, something or another. Harry, it's like, Harry, that like one. every chapter ends with Hermione waking Harry up. Okay, this is my joke. He's just stolen this. <laughs> <laughs> What, yeah, so he'll wake up and, and he'll be like, oh no, where am I? And she'll be there all bushy head with ash in her hair and be like, oh my god, Harry, that was a close one again. <laughs> So it's all thanks to her that he won, really. So yesterday I heard something interesting about um, why Harry was at King's Cross. Why, of all the places he could have possibly imagined himself to be, he imagined, you know, a train station. Uh, I was in Valparaiso yesterday, uh, not too far from here, and we got some, some people from Valpo back there. Yeah, there was a fan who mentioned that maybe the reason why he was at a train station was because he had to make a choice at that point whether he would go on living or he would, you know, because trains can go either way, get on the train, don't get on the train. So maybe that was what it was symbolizing. Maybe that's why he was at a train station. Yeah. Something to chew on. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Um, so, did I, I, Jamie, I want to tell the story about you. Can we? Because it, Which didn't, one it didn't make the it didn't make the other two recordings. So is that okay? Okay. Okay. So um, we were doing this event in England, and Jamie, we were at this VIP party that was very VIP-ish. It wasn't until it was Andrew was there. It was good. It was so. fun. It was just a party. And anyway, yeah, um, so who here cried when 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 they got the book? When you got the when book. When they got the book. <laughs> okay. Uh, Note a, a that few. there are only females raising their hand okay. at this time. So, uh, Jamie, to be fair, Jamie had, uh, was enjoying himself. I was enjoying with, myself a lot. With yeah. beverages. That was, that was, that was... <laughs> it was legal. Yes. Say that. That was free raspberry champagne. Just champagne. That wasn't anything... And but, yeah, I had a two or six. seven. Yeah. <laughs> and For the seventh book, you know. Seven. Seventh book, yeah. Had, exactly. had to, you know, keep it for each book. I had three per book. I don't have an excuse. So... so it was interesting watching Jamie build because as we got to the got to the countdown, you know, we have our we have our hands over each other's shoulders. Yeah. We're like, "This is it, dude! It's the end! It's gonna end!" And Jamie slowly so he's starting to get. It, I I like to compare it to a, a volcano eruption because you know it starts it starts low. You just hear the rumblings and you can sense something's coming. Some so smoke. It's just, you know, it's just yeah. little tier one or two. So we're there. It's it's like this, and then and then the book comes out and he gets it and it's it's just ready to blow. And then he gets it and then he starts walking away. And there the water works. Yeah, I, w- I was bawling all was over the place. Too. It was so sad. Seriously, Laura, Laura. Yeah. I was hugging everyone. Thank you. 
Uh, yeah. Laura, so I was, yeah. Laura, Laura was in tears too. That yeah, was, yeah. Well, I, she, I started her off. She, yeah. <laughs> she, uh, so she was crying while reading the book too. But then on our way out of the Waterstones, we were on the fifth floor. Oh, yeah. We did work our way down, and Jay was crying. I was like, oh, great. Everyone's going to be this guy, taking pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was crying. I was literally bawling my eyes out with Andrew. And this guy took a photo. And I just went off on him completely. <laughs> I was so mean. And then this guy, wanted, this one guy from some newspaper, I guess, wanted an interview with you. And I was like, nope, okay, let's go. <laughs> no more. It's like, boy, cry. Have you found Harry this Potter. an emotional? Yeah. That would be their first question. Have you found this an emotional night? And be like, just look, just look. All right, so, so anyway, uh, we've been sort of holding a main discussion at each of these shows. Uh, we talked about, actually, uh, episode one or two is now online, posted it this morning. Anyone listen yet? Of course not. Don't, don't act like you did. I mean, it just, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to repeat about it a lot of those jokes. We're sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, we talked about Dumbledore, the first show, Snape, the second show. Now we're going to talk about Voldemort. Because uh, Dobby, uh, we can we can talk about him a little bit later. Anyway, uh, Voldemort, Jamie. Jamie, you want to start it off? About um, yeah, well, Voldemort's been a, an interesting character, and everyone hates him, obviously, because he kills all these people, and he's the one who tried to kill Harry Potter. But I've heard so many people say how much they feel sorry for him with his upbringing and everything he's done, and the fact that his plans, he spends ages planning, and he's thwarted by a boy who can only say Expelliarmus. <laughs> He's so talking about me, by the way. I I've been saying this at every event. Yes, he has. He has. Ben's been a, a strong proponent of the Phil Story for Voldemort camp. And I kind of agree with you until I remember that he's a serial killer, which <laughs> dampens most people's personalities. But Ben, do you want to take over the sort of feeling sorry for Voldemort? Or should we just start with a few points about why he's, you know, why everyone hates him, first well, of all? Well, hmm. He killed people. Um... <laughs> Okay, that's why. Yeah, that's probably the main reason. Anyone else? How many? Ben made a very good point. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 I think I got I'm another a fan one. Of your point. I got another one. He was mean. He was mean. He was a jerk, right? He was Mikey. a jerk, exactly. Yeah. 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 He tried to kill a baby. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. But he talks to snakes. That's he kind of probably snakes. doesn't say please. Kind of Thank you. Yeah. He doesn't, you, he doesn't put the seat down after he uh, goes. What, what do you want to ask here, Jamie, though? Huh? What, what where do you want to go to, Jamie? Okay, so we've established he's not a very nice guy. But, Ben, can you put forward a theory now as to say why he could actually be not too bad? Or why, why we can't we, blame him? Why we should have sympathy, done? maybe? A little bit tear for Voldemort? Okay. Yeah. Okay, given the situation in which uh, Voldemort grew up, you know, didn't have any parents. He, did, he never knew what love was. And... Uh, with someone who doesn't, who you can't really comprehend those things, who was born in a manner where it's impossible for, impossible for them to feel emotion, except hate, and to comprehend things like love, can we really be mad at them when it's out of their control? I mean, should we really be hating Voldemort for what he's done, or should we feel sorry for him and wish that he could have a better life? Should we take a couple of hey, points? Hey, I think we should... Uh have people come up and tell us what they think about I think that. there's yeah. just one thing also to keep in mind with that is that um, you can say childhood childhood obviously had a, a, is a big reason for the reason is that's why Voldemort is who he is but you think that you know Saddam Hussein was abused as a kid but so was Oprah so, yeah and they turned so out a little a, bit different so was someone else in that book series I think his name was yeah. uh, Harry Potter or something right like but that. at yeah. the same time is it is it Oprah's fault that she turned out to be this ben, isn't superstar it isn't really fate that uh, that makes us who we are. It's like something else. And didn't 
Dumbledore say something about that? Something like, there's a quote. It is our choices, Harry, far more than our abilities. <laughs> Thank you. Every single We try show. and get that in every show somehow. <laughs> so who, who wants to talk about Voldemort, evil, bad? I don't have any points. Come on up here. We're going to have you guys come on up, say your name, where you're from. Let's go your, back into Your social security number. Credit card number. Uh, MySpace yeah. URL. Facebook. Hi, um, I'm Suzanne Walker. Um, what else did you want to know? MySpace URL, myspace.com. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Evanston, Illinois. Um, I have a MySpace, so. Yes. Sorry. Aww. Aww. Um, okay, so, like, I think you have a good point in terms of just that, like, in terms of how he grew up without love, but you have to consider, so did Harry. Like, Harry grew up with the Dursleys. Harry never knew love until he was accepted at Hogwarts and he at the same time like made the choice to like he's good (laughs) he's like he found friends he has friends he knows love because he chose to Voldemort when he got accepted at Hogwarts he could have had friends and stuff but he didn't and I feel like it's kind of hard to feel sorry for him when you're also confronted with this same character who grew up in a very similar situation, but made a different choice than he did. So, yeah. That's my thing. Right, but early on in, ha- in Half-Blood Prince, when Dumbledore goes back to the orphanage and we see Tom Riddle as a young child, there's one point in time when Dumbledore asks Harry, are you actually feeling sorry for Tom Riddle? Because it seems like early on, the evil inside of him manifested itself. And then by the time when he actually got to Hogwarts, the decision was easy that, you know, he never had someone look out for him. He had never had anything like that. I mean, at least Harry had a sort of, you know, semi-normal family situation. I mean, even though, even though they all hated him, he was still with a family. I mean, no, no it's different. He went to, uh, you know, normal school. Sure, he was picked on, but at the same time, I just think that Did you live under Voldemort the never made the choice. I mean, Voldemort may have made the choice, but it wasn't his fault. I mean, given his background, would we have all made the same decision as Voldemort? No. Well, do you, I think, no, Ben actually is, is kind of right about this. You, you really can't, I mean, you can blame him, but at the same time, you don't know if you would have turned out differently in the same situation that yeah. Voldemort was in. Could we uh, maybe blame Dumbledore for not intervening and helping Tom Riddle out? I mean, like, yeah. maybe yeah. taking him away from the or, orphanage. Or and killing him, him when he was younger so he wouldn't have to. <laughs> if he knew, you know, yeah. maybe not. Uh, that way James and Lily wouldn't die. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. So it's Dumbledore's fault, the entire book. The entire book series is Dumbledore's fault. <laughs> there we I go. knew there was something the strange series. about him. Fair enough. Thank you. Um, can we get a differing opinion now? Anybody else have something different? Anybody feel sorry for Voldemort? We'll go back and forth. Anyone, Anyone feel anyone very sorry? If you feel sorry for really Voldemort. sorry. If you feel really sorry that you wish Voldemort had won Harry Potter had died, come on up here and talk to us. I, I hope you feel sorry for him. I was, I was just going to say that I was kind of flip-flopping, actually. Um, what I was going to do, actually, was kind of compare... I, I do feel sympathetic to Voldemort as a child. I really do. I, he had a horrible home life, and I think it's very, very sad. But um, I also think that as you grow older and you learn what's good and evil, you have that choice. And what I was going to do was uh, actually... what I When I first read it, I compared it in my mind to Severus Snape, because... 
we saw in the fifth book that Severus had a horrible, horrible home life, and he had a horrible childhood, and he got picked on relentlessly by the Marauders for no reason. But in the end, we find out that he ends up being probably the most noble character in the book, and think of all he sacrificed for it. I mean, Voldemort could have made the decision to not be as powerful. Snape, Snape, I mean, face it, he hid everything from the Dark Lord. Like, that's a pretty big achievement. And even with his background, like, to, to come from a group of friends that hate people that you love, like, I, I just, like, I, I do feel sympathetic to Voldemort as a child in the same way that I feel sympathetic to Severus, but I think it's all about Voldemort's choices. Like, he, he made the choice to become more powerful and to find love weak and to find friendship weak and that's but, why I, but I think you also have to look at why Snape made the choice that he did. Why would Snape all of a sudden choose to do the right thing? And it was because he had love and like, like positive emotions entered his life at a very young age because he met Lily when he was a child. And J.K. Rowling said on the Today Show, had, he not met, had it not been for Lily, Snape never would have redeemed himself. So, oh, I, I, I mean, I think if, if Voldemort would have had a Lily-like person meet him when he was younger, perhaps he would have turned out differently. But how are we to know that he, that he didn't? Maybe, maybe he because had a, friend, a close friend like that. But, I mean, because if you look at Bellatrix, Bellatrix always speaks to him like a lover. And, like, he has every yeah. opportunity for it. But I think he sees it as if you're in love, you're weak. And you're, you will never be as powerful as him if, if you will sacrifice yourself for the sake of love. I mean, like, I think he sees it as his, his mother wouldn't, wouldn't live for him, so why should, he live for, why should he have love? It was, like, a decision that he made then. And it's very, very, very sad for Voldemort, but I, I think it's all about the decision of what's, what he deems weakness. I think that's I think, a good point. I think Voldemort trying to comprehend love is like a two-year-old trying to comprehend quantum physics. Like, <laughs> you know, they just don't get it. And I just don't see how he can blame him for not getting it. it, it you got to understand also, Dumbledore said in the fifth book that Voldemort, or sixth book actually, Voldemort never knew love and he never actually wanted friends. And at that point he had already decided that instead of love he wanted power. And that would be, yeah, kind of became his mistress. And because of that, he didn't have any redeeming factor like Severus Snape. If yeah. it, again, like again, exactly. Severus Snape had Lily. You know, he was in love with her. Without her, he would have oh, never yes. redeemed himself. Because Voldemort wanted this power, he even called Dumbledore weak because he had gone further than any other wizard to cheat death, to live, to be the most powerful wizard of all time. And because of that power and that drive for it, he never understood love, never comprehended, it, and that's why he made two fatal, uh, fatal mistakes, both fourteen or er, back when Harry was a baby, and again at the very end, because he didn't understand that love and that protection, that sacrificing yourself for someone else. Is so important. So you can sympathize I, for Voldemort in that in that regard. Yeah, sympathize okay. that all his laid plans never worked out. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah. Okay. Can we get? Thank you for coming up. Somebody else. Thank you. Another differing opinion. Okay. You next. Hi. Um, I just wanted to make the point that. I think one of the reasons why Voldemort could never understand love is because um, his mother basically died for her love for his father, who never really returned that love. And I think he thought that that was such a big mistake on his mother's part and thought that it was so weak of her to do that when she was a witch that that kind of like caused him to think that love was worthless. And that's why I think he never could ever understand love. Also, um, I think one of the reasons why 
I mean, ultimately, Harry did decide to be good, but I think that um, also because Lily died out of love for Harry, that love was already inside of him, so that's why he wouldn't ever turn out like Voldemort, because he was already filled with love, even though he had a bad upbringing. Excellent point. Yeah. Uh, can we, yeah, let's go right here. What's your name? Where are you from? Um, I'm Faith. I'm from Oak Forest, Illinois. They're my cousins. <laughs> um, I like. I kind of feel sorry for Voldemort. Like as a kid, like he made bad choices when he grew up. But I kind of pity him. I mean, the whole time his goal in life was to destroy a 17-year-old boy, and that's kind of pathetic, actually. <laughs> he was this big, powerful person trying to get power, trying to rule the world, and he wanted to kill Harry, who's young, and I feel sorry for him, but I really just think that he made a bad choice, and he wasn't, he couldn't love, he didn't know how, he never grew up with it, and, but I think he was also bad at the same time, I'm kind of torn. <laughs> so do you yeah. feel sorry for Voldemort? Do you As shed a, a tear? Did you die? Did you shed no, a tear No, I did not. No? no? I cried when Harry, I thought Harry died. Okay. Just check. <laughs> ben cried. Good point. Thank you. Uh, you want to take one more? Yeah, one more. One more. What about at the back there? Oh, come on up. I think from, from just what we've, we've heard so far, and I think we can all agree, people are shaped. They're not born good or bad, and they're shaped by their environments growing up, and clearly Voldemort yeah. just never had a Lily Potter or someone to sacrifice themselves to put him and make him understand that love is powerful and should be valued. Good point, Sparts. Okay. Well, I think that... Oh, I'm Abby Blaze, and I'm from Munster, Indiana. And, and I think that I shed a tear for Tom Riddle. I don't shed a tear. I don't care about the man Voldemort because what he did is wrong. And trying to justify what Voldemort did because of his childhood or because of the people he knew is like trying to justify like Hitler or just these evil people because he was truly evil. Tom Riddle wasn't evil. Voldemort was evil. You know, in the final battle scene, uh, Harry asks Voldemort to show some type of remorse because he sees what happens to him. I can kind of compare this to, you know, Luke versus Darth Vader. There's still good in you. And in the end, if they make a choice to come back, you know, you, when you ask for forgiveness, no matter how horrendous your crimes are, you really should be forgiven. I understand you have to make amends for that, and Voldemort, by all means, you know, definitely if he apologized and was sorry to everyone, especially to Harry after caring, killing everyone he cared about. It'll be okay. You, know, you said sorry. Be awesome, be he said sorry. He still should go to Azkaban or something like that, but, you know. He should, you know, we saw it at Grindelwald in Newmengrad, where like he did show remorse, and Dumbledore was like, "I think he realized what he had done, yeah. what was wrong," and you know, that I would have been an awesome we, Star Wars ending to it. Though, I know it, it would if be great if Voldemort's like, if he shocked him with that, Harry, I'm your father, stuff you know? out of his hands, yeah, <laughs> something along those lines. No, but uh, no, I think if Voldemort <laughs> had, because we saw we saw what was part of his soul, and Dumbledore told him to ask for some type of remorse, and he told Voldemort, "If you so, you know, I've seen what you become." I, you know, show some type of remorse. I think if Voldemort had shown some type of remorse in the afterlife, he wouldn't be this deformed blob baby thing, you know, because he had, you know, if he was truly remorseful, obviously the way ca- the character set up, he can't be remorseful because he's just pure evil. 
But, you know, if he had, I think things would have ended up a little bit different, kind of like in Star Wars. But it's because, well, I was going to say that because he'd split his soul so many times, that's why he couldn't show remorse. If he'd been that evil but still a human being with a full soul, it's going to be your soul that shows the remorse, not, not your mind. So I'd say that if he hadn't done his horcruxes, he could come back from the dark side. Yeah. yeah. Possibly. And, and, and in, in Radio City Music Hall last August, Joe said that like, so, when someone asked about redemption and characters who could possibly have redemption, and Voldemort came up and she said he's literally a psychopath, that there, he's the one character that's impossible for him to redeem himself. And I think what gets me is if someone's brain is hardwired to be the way they are, I don't know. I just, I mean, I know he did a terrible things. You know, all these ruthless dictators out there did terrible things. But I just can't help but think that if we were born into the same circumstances and the same situation, that we'd all be the exact same as they are. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not calling you all a bunch of and and and, and and we had the same genes, same genetic makeup. That's also important. Some people are just more predisposed for certain types of behavior. So it's obviously a combination of environment and genes. So, but I agree though. I think anything can happen when you're in a situation like that. All right, we want to move along. Yeah, now? it just got really geeky here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. I'm sorry. Should we, de- should we debate it? Whatever. Yeah. yeah let's go. Um, uh-huh. Voldemort is. Hey, you come up with it. You're oh, better at than me. So we're going to do a debate, and I think uh, Ben's going to come up with a question right now. Yeah, Ben's going to come up with a question. Basically, <laughs> put him on the spot. Um, for, for anyone who can't remember, we haven't done it on the show for a while, a debate works where half of us will argue one side, half of us will argue the other side. So is half of Emerson going to argue Yes, he is, yeah. I'll, I want Emerson, I'll pick the better team. side. I want Emerson <laughs> on my team. Oh, my so, uh, so basically, you'll have two minutes, we'll have two minutes, and then we're arguing for the question, so we probably don't believe in what we're arguing, but we're arguing vehemently just to... Uh, Make sure we win. For the record, though, <laughs> nice word. Mikey and I are two for two. For two, <laughs> two, right? for two. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. let's explain okay, this. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Um, okay uh, just we so got the know. worst side of the argument twice. So you know, we were on we were on the hard. We were playing devil's advocate both times because yeah. Mikey and Andrew couldn't handle it. <laughs> yeah. Second really, of all, really. Okay. Second of all, there are people coming up to us after that, whispering to us, you know. You really did win. Yeah. It's okay. Oh no, no. Yeah, the, the five people. Even yesterday, someone said, "Give it up, Ben. You lost." And it was just no, like, that wasn't yeah. yesterday. That, that, was, that, was like, that was like in Vegas, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, we've driven like we've driven like twenty two hundred miles to get here, so we're a little tired. We don't even know where yeah. we are anymore. No excuses. No excuses. No excuses. We still won. Jamie's preparing. And the question is, okay, I'll debate question, and this isn't that good. We don't think, but. Does Voldemort deserve sympathy? Okay. We are going to say yes, he does. And let's say no, he doesn't deserve sympathy. M, correct. You can either pick your side, pick or, your side, or you can be a judge. Or you can be a judge. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, but now we have to convince everyone. This is this is fun. Seriously, it's good. Emerson, <laughs> you want to be a judge? You want to sit this one out? I will. Or do you I will choose a side. <laughs> you want to judge it, Emmy? Emmy. I'll make. I'll keep you honest. That's what I'll do. All right. I, I'll keep so. us honest. All right. Okay. Yeah. He, he's our, I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna call you guys out if you start. If if, I, if my uh, if, if your logic is is bad, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you. Okay. okay. So who wants? Who, you guys starting? can start. Okay. So we're defending that Voldemort does not deserve sympathy. Right. Okay. Voldemort does not deserve sympathy because if we're referring to Voldemort, Voldemort killed <laughs> thousands of people, and uh, that's just cruel. He. Uh, he he never we never saw a specific reason why we should give him sympathy other than that he never had anyone to love. Mikey. 
I think we need to differentiate the difference between Tom Riddle and Voldemort, so we can't okay, look at no, Tom no, no, Riddle. Okay, no, 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 no. Oh, we're looking at Voldemort first of all. Tom Riddle became Voldemort, so they're one of the same. So before you start going off about how Voldemort gentlemen, please, Tom Riddle, let's settle down here. I'm sorry, sir. Cut his mic. You can't differentiate from they're one and the same. See, I'm not sure. I think I think Mikey. I think Mikey is Mikey's point. Well, okay, all right, hold on, hold on. Hey, when it's your turn, you can talk. When it's your turn, you can talk. Cut his mic. Cut his mic. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. There's just right, 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 no, no, okay. If you intended right, to go this route, on, we'll change it to Tom Riddle right, slash Voldemort. Hold, because hold on, sir. You can you guys talk, are trying to, you're on, trying to get a cheap victory, Mikey. I'm, I'm in on your games. All right, all right. All right, Tom Riddle and Voldemort are one and the same, but we are arguing the Voldemort who has split his soul. So basically, I believe, like in Star Wars, once, once, Children, hold on, hold on, please. once Tom Riddle split his soul and created his first Horcrux, he ceased to become Tom Riddle and became Lord Voldemort, who was this evil killer who had performed a murder by splitting his soul, and because he split his soul, he had no chance of redemption because his soul was maimed, and he was just a cold-blooded murderer from then on. He does not deserve sympathy because once he split his soul with that first murder and created his first Horcrux, he is nothing but an evil, evil man that deserves to die by Harry Potter. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> or rather, or rather uh, by Hermione that, Granger. <laughs> I'm going okay. to say something somewhat neutral here. I think what the question is is what does it mean to be human? No, no, no. Are we animals or are is, is there something <laughs> the question fundamentally? Is we, we do have a werewolf. Hey, hey, hey! I'm the judge here. I'm talking. I'm okay, okay, okay. Are we really responsible for our choices? That is the question that you have to answer. How how much different are humans than chimps? Yeah. If you can answer that question, you can answer whether Voldemort no, is seriously. worthy no. of blame. Okay, I would go on from there and say that can anyone here say 100% that if they were placed in Voldemort's position with his background, you wouldn't grow up to be the same as him. We understand he's made bad choices, but those bad choices have come as a result of his bad upbringing and his misunderstanding of how things work. Once he, cre- he started creating his Horcruxes, he made a bad choice. Everyone here has made bad choices. Everyone in the world has made bad choices. It's how we're still human. The fact that he stopped himself being human was a dreadful choice. But I can... Immortality is a uh, you know a prized concept even in the human world, and there are a lot of people who would who who, who want immortality. So if you could do Horcruxes, I think there'd be a lot of people in the world who'd can who consider it. It was a very very bad choice that Voldemort made. However, considering what he'd been through, his upbringing, I'm I'm not going to throw the first stone at him. Now, also, <laughs> also, think about each of you. I want you to stop and consider. What has made you who you are today? What things have made you a loving person? What has made you care about others? Has it been your family? Has it been your friends? <laughs> of course. Now, what was Voldemort lacking when he grew up? Family and friends. So the fact that someone... These things are obviously out of their control. Now, out of Voldemort's control, he didn't choose to be born... No one you know, wants to be a serial yeah, killer. Yeah, nobody wants to be a serial killer. It just so That's happened that when he was born, he was grew up in an environment where he was conditioned not to love, and that love became something that he simply could not comprehend. And as he grew older, one choice led to another, and you know what became his main goal was power. And the fact that he didn't have any, any of these other outside factors like love, family, and friendship is what made him make these decisions. Yeah. And you have to listen to me here when I say that each and every one of us would be the exact same way... I mean, had we not been raised the way we are. You have to feel are. sorry for someone like that. For, for someone who, when he kills Snape, his most trusted advisor, he thinks at that point that Snape has been loyal the entire time. If you can't feel emotion, if you can't feel remorse or something like that, you're a shell of a human being and you have to feel sorry for someone like that. You're supposed to pity them. Right. Don't, don't get us wrong. Don't get us wrong. One last thing. One last thing. 
I think they've gone over their clock, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get us wrong. We're not saying that Voldemort should be completely forgiven and that what he did wasn't wrong. We're saying that we should give him sympathy rather than hating him for it. Voldemort was messed up from the beginning. There are hotlines available to fix this. He didn't call them. (laughs) That's the problem. Again, exactly the same thing about the hotlines. You know, Dumbledore (laughs) said it's our choices. We know this is our choices. Voldemort had a devout group of followers while he was at school. He has Bellatrix, who acts like a lover, but he's not close to any of them. Why? Because he doesn't care about them. Severus Snape was probably one of his most trusted, you know, Death Eaters, yet he just killed him to have more power. I think that right there shows that Voldemort does not deserve any redemption, does not deserve to be pitied, does not deserve to be cared for, because he killed someone that showed complete loyalty to him just to gain more power. Being a power-hungry... Killer does not make someone is not someone who should be you which know, is all the more reason be, to feel sorry for him. If you have a person who is incapable yeah. of understanding emotion and comprehending true feeling, how could you ever be mad at them? Why shouldn't you feel sorry for them because I they are, they're not able to feel the same pleasure, have the same experiences? That can you, you imagine are, that, Mike? Can you imagine living a half life, a cursed life like that, a shell of your former self, Mikey? Mikey, imagine it, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, I still the thought is horrible. It doesn't matter that Voldemort still lived this corrupted life. That was not. He could have corrected this after his childhood. Could he though? Could he, he though? Could have. There's how? No, I told how? you. Oh, that, that is so simple. That is. I don't have a number. So it's so simple. That is such a. That is so, such a. We don't have microscopic. Enough, we don't have enough so, backstory on Voldemort to come up with an example right. of how he could have fixed this. But he could have. He could have fixed this. He okay, wanted Andrew, to kill we'll, Harry we'll, Potter. You all right, can't hold, have sympathy hold, hold, hold for him. Hold on, guys. So you're saying we gotta wrap it that up. after you know we gotta wrap it up and say, but you're saying after Voldemort was defeated and everyone's all happy and Ron and Harry and Hermione are together and everyone's happy and joy that they should be crying and sad that you know Voldemort was dead and not yeah. you know feel that they are no longer you know you know being tormented okay. by a dictator okay. a killer um, the debate side of music come out you're going to call a straw man fallacy Mikey we didn't actually say that at all what we said was that okay Voldemort died it's a good thing that the dark lord has been vanquished however we should feel sorry for him because the way that he was grew up is what conditioned conditioned him to be who he was no hotline could fix Voldemort believe no, me no. i'm sure he tried that it was his decisions did shape who he was but his his bad childhood led to the decisions that he made. How can you? Final, it's, final we got, we got, we got, we, we like that, it it's time to wrap this up. So, so what does the audience <laughs> think? What now. If you agree with me and Andrew, <laughs> just scream really, really loud. You are so heartless. If you <laughs> agree with Ben and Emerson or Ben and Jamie, scream really loud. I think they won today. Now, I want to hear Emerson's now, opinion. See, here, having heard, view. having having been an impartial observer of the entertaining debate that just occurred, I am actually going to say Voldemort deserves sympathy, not hate. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, well. I believe people that. are a product of their environments. And while he is obvious, he is he is a terrible person. I think anybody, like Ben said, who is incapable of feeling love, of feeling emotion, of knowing what it's like to have friends you, you should feel sorry for that person not hate them for it that's how I felt anyway. you know and now, Harry even him. asked him to show remorse because he felt bad and he pitied Voldemort and he pitied the living alright so um, let's move on now we want to finish up the show today just yeah and a Voldemort for well you can talk about him uh, we just want general questions about the book anyone have any thoughts about the fandom as a whole anybody sad about Remus Lupin's death where's the death? show going I was I was 
Oh, yeah. And what did you guys think about Molly Weasley? Give it up for Molly yeah. Weasley. Yeah. Really? Like, it's awesome. <laughs> can you imagine the movie? Can you really? Can you imagine movie seven with Molly Weasley just throwing her cloak? Stay away from my daughter, you witch. All right. Still a children's hey. podcast. It's hey. witch. We changed the B it's with the children's W. program. All right, how, how many other people in this crowd right now can actually see their moms doing that? I can see my mom doing that. Yeah. How many people can my imagine Ben Shane doing that? Huh? How, how would my mom do that? <laughs> ben? <laughs> would Cheryl Shane do Benny. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. We love Molly Weasley up here. So anyone have thoughts like that about the book here? I'll take one right. Can Any favorite scenes from the book you want to tell us about? Yeah. Then you can come up next. Yeah. Just line up here. I like the scene. Yeah, let's get a okay, line hi, up uh, people, maybe. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not too many, just a few. Yeah. Just a couple for now, then we'll just call more we'll people call up. Up. What's your name and uh, where are you from? Stop after like I guess you. it's in Illinois. Last one right now. Yeah, oh my God. Um, hi, my name is Genevieve, and I'm from Oak Lawn. Oak Lawn, yeah. Oak Lawn! Yeah! I love how every Chicago suburb starts with Oak. You got Oak Park, Oak Forest, Oak, you know, Oak. <laughs> oak Wood. I'm We're kidding, I, I know the suburbs, but there's no four way. Chicago suburbs at least that start with Oak. Oak, Stoke, E, yeah, Oak, Oak. All right, all right, anyway, go ahead. Anyway, and continue. I'm very creative if you've noticed. Come on now. Um, I'm wondering, you know how they said about the gray lady, how she was Ravenclaw? How come we never known about that before? Like, they never said in the first book, oh, that's um, Ravenclaw's ghost, or we they, know about nearly headless Nick did, and Bloody right? Barrel. I thought they, I thought they mentioned it in they passing. Did? She was yeah. like, oh, that's the gray lady. That's the Ravenclaw ghost. Yeah, we knew it was the Ravenclaw. Sure did, we knew yeah. what all the glo- ghost houses they were. You know, we knew the friar was Hufflepuff. Well, yeah. and the Bloody Baron was Slytherin. Yeah, but, but we didn't we know can... the gray lady was Ravenclaw's daughter. Yeah. And like, I don't think that's I don't think give, that's like, something uh, that's give, common. You know. They give like more description about like nearly headless Nick because yeah, he's from Gryffindor and everything. I'm sorry, <laughs> and everything, but. Why do you think like J.K. Rowling had like Bloody Baron and um, the Great Lady like s- together somewhat, like somehow? I know the Bloody Baron was like in love with the Great Lady. Just because it links it, like you know, we've seen the Bloody Baron, we've seen all the ghosts, we've seen the the Great Lady, and everyone's wondered why the bl- the Bloody Baron had a- all the blood over him, obviously, and those chains that he wears. And then mm-hmm. she finally answered a question that people th- were thinking. I'd say. Uh, I think it's kind of also we're seeing the books through Harry's eyes and since he's a Gryffindor we know a little bit more about Nearly Headless Nick about his death day how he can't get into the Headless Haunt and we don't know anything else about you know really the Bloody Baron other than he was kind of bloody and he's <laughs> listened to him and so that, I think that's why we didn't know more about the ghost because we're learning from Harry's point of view and if we were learning from like Luna Lovegood we'd hear about Nargles and stuff like that and probably about the Grey <laughs> yeah. Lady so yeah so that's probably why Hi what's your name where are you from? Hi, I'm Natalie, and I'm from Oak Park. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, we know J.K. Rowling said that when, a long time ago, she said she decided to kill off two characters she hadn't originally planned to kill, and in return granted one a reprieve. She said that the reprieve was Arthur Weasley, but who do you think the two that she... Really? She said that too. Tom she said it? Open. That's what, okay, that was my guess. Never mind then. Check the news on MuggleNet, ma'am. You want to know this. Yeah. And that's uh, also there. that's also probably the reason why Lupin doesn't get like a heroic death. Yeah. It made me kind of sad that, oh, he's dead. Instead of like being like... We'll have Alex Carpenter. Yeah, we'll have Alex Carpenter tell you his feelings about that because he's more. dead. Uh, uh, Hi, what's your name? Where are you, you from? Know, uh, which oak are you from in Chicago? I'm Jen of Chicago, city proper. Yeah! But via transplant from San Francisco. 
Um, I want to know what everybody thinks about the lack of emphasis on the destruction of the other Horcruxes, seeing as how the ring had a curse that, you know, was gave Dumbledore only like a year to live based on Snape's um, preparing of him, and that the locket had such an adventure surrounding it, but the rest of them were destroyed so easily. I'd like to know what people think. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I know. I, it's like I was saying, everything, everything <laughs> in this book, everything in Half excuse me, Deathly Hallows, was just incredibly convenient, you know? The whole entire time, Harry wouldn't even find out he was a Horcrux had he not just happened to be there at the exact time that Voldemort was setting the snake loose on Snape. You know, and then every time, oh, he barely makes it out of uh, the Malfoy Manor. You know, yeah. he, he gets naked and jumps into some swimming pool filled with ice, and then Ron just happens to show up in the nick of time. I don't know; it's just all too and convenient. Cr- oh, away from that, I'd say the fire. There was a fire that the fiend fire that happened to destroy Horcrux. You know, I still really don't understand how in that when they were flying. Uh, away from Privet Drive, Harry's in that you know that nosedive down to the ground, yeah. and Voldemort's chasing him. How did he just wake up like fine? And how come Voldemort because, just like quit on him because I mean, his wand didn't on, work? Also, because it went through the protection. It went through the protection barrier. Put on the house. Also, a CO Hagrid. I mean, come on. Like it's actually going to work. Yeah. Anybody remember that? But I'd say to that point, it is a good point, but. I wouldn't call breaking into Gringotts and then flying off on a dragon through five levels easy. No, I mean that, was, that seemed quite tough. Right. A lot of it did feel convenient. Oh, completely. Too. Yeah, it was Hermione waking up next to him. <laughs> but in a sense, some of that is storytelling. It's like it all just happens for a reason. It, it all leads from one thing to the next. That's just how it happens. But it did feel extra convenient in this book, I think. Um, hi, where are you from? What's your name? Uh, I'm Jackie, and I'm from Lake Forest, so not an oak. Um, but a forest but a where forest. oaks <laughs> are from. Everything. No, my question is about. Um, how Dumbledore never mentioned to Severus Snape that he thought that Harry was going to live. And I thought after that, everything that Snape has gone through and Dumbledore knowing all about it, why wouldn't he mention that he had a suspicion, especially when he was pretty confident he was going to be right? And he, I would think that he would at least tell Snape that to give him some hope about what would happen in the future. I'm done trying to analyze why Dumbledore does things. It's, I'm through with it. I just... Clearly, he's a cleverer man than we are, and he had a plan, and it worked, so we can't really fold him. He's like a puppet master. Pulling he is, the strings. yeah. Harry's a marionette. Harry's like, you know, Pinocchio. I got no strength. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he had to believe he had to die. He had to believe. Well done. We were testing you there. We well test- so okay, of course. raise your hand. Raise your hand when Dumbledore says uh, when Dumbledore told Snape that Voldemort was going to have to kill Harry. Who here was like, you know, like the oh blank feeling, like the, oh my god. You know what I'm talking about? Who here felt that? Like oh no. I threw my book. <laughs> I was like no. I I, I lied. Yeah. My eyes lied to me. Yeah. I remain firm in my convictions of Harry living. There's a so I. I <laughs> I do have to say, we haven't really told this story yet. Does anyone really get enthralled in the book when they're reading it? Like, completely, like, you're reacting out loud. Well, uh, Laura, 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 Jamie, Kevin, Eric, and I were all in this one little hotel room in London, and Laura really got into the book. Like, she was sitting there curled up on the bed. Uh, anyone watch the live stream, by the way? Be- best thing ever, wow, right? That was, that was original weird. Was it idea. boring? You know, it was really exhilarating watching four people read a book well, we had this, on the internet. It was, it was boring, but it was, it was incredible. Yeah, we had uh, do it again. We had like 850 people watching this thing, More than and that. then we put a sign up saying "Gone to dinner, be back soon." And then we came back, and there were like 
a thousand people. Then, then as soon as we took this sign away and put it back on us, it dropped about two hundred people. Yeah. It was genius. But Laura would sit there and read the book, yeah. and like every seriously, it was like every five to ten minutes, there was just you know it was dead silent, and then oh my god. And the language like, was considerably worse than oh my was, god her, though. Her hair was, was over it. her face, so I'd peek in and she's like tears rolling down her face. Uh, tell tell the Kevin story too. She's like, this is so up. It was, it was very. The Kevin story. What? Tell the Kevin it was hilarious. I was dying. Andrew, do you want to tell the Kevin story very quickly? Uh, yeah, you could say that. Okay, well, Kevin, Kevin Steck, just if anyone ever has oh, a book oh, to read. Okay. Huh? I don't ever he, read he, the he Kevin had, Steck. He had finished reading before. Yeah, do not read the Kevin Steck. Because he's Kevin, he's a fast reader. And I gave him the nickname The Player's Guide because what he would do is we would be reading the book, he'd be like, oh, what page are you at? And uh, we'd be like, uh, page uh, 496, Kevin. He's like, oh, five more pages? You're going to hit a really good scene. A really good scene. And just wait for throughout, 15 more pages Throughout this after entire that. thing. Yeah, throughout this entire thing, he'd be like, Jamie, what page are you on? And I'd be like, 501, Kevin. And he'd sort of put his hand on his head and be, ooh, you, <laughs> you just wait until 504. And then, and then even worse than that is you cannot get any silence when you're reading and Kevin's around. because Or Eric, Eric. Or, or Eric. <laughs> because you'll say like, okay, it's reading time now. For the next 45 minutes, all we're going to do is read you know, to get further in the book. So you'll sit down, everyone will open their books and start reading. And then before you can really get into it and relax, Kevin will say something. And this will jolt you out of your concentration of reading the book. So you, you'll say complete silence. And then two minutes later... Guys, I am hungry. <laughs> and then uh, Selena will be like, well, in 45 minutes, we'll go and get some food. And they'll say, okay. Then two minutes later, Andrew, have you seen that new article on the internet about yeah. this thing? No, Kevin. And then, yeah, then and, and then Andrew will be getting as annoyed as I am, and we'll exchange a look that says, you know. And then two minutes later, Kevin will come out with something else again and again and again. And then until Eric will be like, hey, Kevin, you want to go see Transformers? Yeah, yeah. And Eric, like, Eric no, will come out with some. And up. then in the end, we'll just go and read in the bathroom or something, close the door, so Kevin can't annoy us with his comments. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> so I you go. The bathtub, What's your name? Where are you from? I'm Laura. I'm from Evanston, and it's my birthday today. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, so my, my co- question slash comment is about Snape. We've all through the books like had these rumors of him being like a vampire or a bat. And then, you know, after he's done with this conversation slash fight with McGonagall, oh, yeah. he finally jumps out the window and we see a bat streaking out. I ground. thought that was just... Is he just... Is he, is he an animagist? I mean, we've had a lot of illegal animagists. No, I think he just looks like a bat because um, after he does that, I think it's Flitwick says... So you've been learning some new spells from your master. And Voldemort, you know, as we know, can fly without the use of any, anything, a spell or a, or, or, or a cloak or anything like that. But I mean, so there, there's a huge difference like a in size from, like, Snape to a bat. Well, yes, I think, I think, but I thought they said looking like a bat. I think it's more uh, as he's flying away, his cloak is billowing. And as he gets farther away, yeah. he gets smaller and smaller like a bat small. He's just like, wee. <laughs> we... We're, we're gonna in the interest of time. Uh, you'll be the last person in the yeah in your yeah. Dumbledore's army shirt because we gotta we gotta. We have to wrap it up for some really up. cool rock and roll yeah. after this. We're sorry, guys. But we'll, we'll be sticking around for the show. Yeah. Alex is pretty cool. Right. I like him. Hi. He's cool. I'm Eddie from Western Springs. I mean, I've seen this kid at like every Chicago event that we've ever done. Park. Yeah. And I was wondering, um, Harry has the parcel tongue ability because he was a horcrux and now that he's not a horcrux uh do you think that was removed from him yeah, yeah i think so i think he since he lost the horcrux he lost the abilities that came with it and also i think we should give it up for hermione for helping harry and saving the day. her parents memory yeah yeah that's, that's a very ex- good idea 
That's, that takes yeah. some serious ovaries. Don't you all think yeah. that... <laughs> what happened? Wow. Wow. Let's I don't I don't know where that came from Let's at edit all. That out. Too much. Too much. Too much, Emerson. What's the point of editing out? It doesn't even make sense. I don't know. <laughs> we say yeah. which and then you go up that. Say which and ready and okay. over. Hi, what's your name? Hi, I'm Cassandra from Skokie, Illinois. <laughs> Hi. Um, so I just wanted to comment slash complain about the lack of Fred Weasley being alive at the end. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> I felt it was, there was no explanation afterwards. It made me hysterical. I, I mean, she'll vouch for me. I was screaming on the phone to her about it. And there was no explanation. And now I'm just wondering, and what do you guys think about this too? Like, what did George do? I mean, he lost like a part of himself almost, you know? He lost his ear too. Yeah, and he literally lost a part of himself. It just made me sad. Well, to be fair, for the twins' sake, we did come up with like, you know, one ten, twin almost completely fine. He's like nine-tenths of a full. And then, you know, the other twin, someone from the Weasley family had to die. It had to make it real for them. You know, it's sad. It's sad. It's sad. And, and it's like the twins were among my favorite characters. But really, if, if, you know, you go to battle with your entire family and everyone makes it out okay, that's a little unrealistic. And yeah, for sake of real. And there's like a thousand of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Let's continue on. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, I'm Nancy Lundeen, and I'm from LaGrange here. And um, I was just wondering, like, about when Voldemort died, it was because, like, Harry's wand, or when, no, wait, he was using the Elder Wand, and, like, no, wait, sorry. (laughs) Wait, Voldemort was using the Elder Wand, and Harry was the rightful master because he, like, stole Draco's other wand. I don't really get that, but okay. And so since, like, Harry wanted Voldemort dead, then it killed Voldemort. But what was the part about, like, um, Lily's blood being in Voldemort, how did that affect it, and why wouldn't that make Voldemort show more love? Okay. Um, we had a long discussion about this at one point in the car. Um, at one point. What we do in the car go. is ha- talk about Harry Potter a little bit. Do we argue? Yeah, arguing about Harry Potter is all we do in the car. Um, the, basically, the blood being in Voldemort was kind of like the, uh, the glimmer in uh, Voldemort, uh, Dumbledore's eye. The reason why it strengthened the connection between Dumbledore or Voldemort and Harry. That strengthening that connection made it so that way Harry's wand had already overpowered Voldemort. So that's why his Phoenix wand was so important. And when Voldemort st- uh, kidnapped Ollivander and told him about the twin wands, he thought that uh, Lucius's wand would actually just be strong enough to, you know, he'd be able to take it out because they're no longer connected. But because of that blood connection between the two of them, since Harry had already taken some of Voldemort's power into his wand, because his wand overpowered Voldemort's back in Goblet of Fire. Uh, some of Voldemort's own power was regurgitated to him, which was more powerful than anything Lucius's wand had ever put out. So that was stronger than his. Now back to the Elder Wand, since he Voldemort was never the rightful master, Dumbledore was, and then Dumbledore was defeated, um, not necessarily killed, but was defeated by Draco Malfoy with the Expelliarmus. Again, that Expelliarmus does everything in the books. Um, Draco Malfoy was the rightful owner or the wielder of the wand. Since Harry, two weeks before the uh, confrontation with Voldemort, had defeated Draco, he was the rightful owner. Voldemort's wand, the Elder Wand, would not be as strong with Voldemort as it would with Harry. It recognized its true master within its distance, trying to kill, or someone else trying to use his wand to kill himself. And the wand, and basically the spell backfired because Harry was truly the master of death at that time. Because he was the owner of the wand, the owner of the ring, and the owner of the cloak at that time. So that's why it backfired. And the blood was simply making their connection stronger at that time. Yeah. 
people. No, yeah, it's because he had Harry's blood in his veins. Was, so again, for the, for the for yeah. the for the Horcrux. Because but Harry yeah. died. But it strengthened the connection between the two of them. Yeah. So when the wands also, that's what strengthened their wands being so powerful against each other. And Dumbledore explains that in his portrait at the very end. That's why his wand was so powerful only against Voldemort because their connection was so strong. The Dava, sorry, hi. Um, by the way, I drove all the way out from Michigan for this. Um, <laughs> the whole reason with the Expelleramus curse is much more toted over the um, Avita Cadaver, or however you say that. Avada Kedavra is because J.K. wanted to emphasize the disarming over the killing. It's showing mercy. It's not being cold-blooded killers like the Death Eaters. It's you're powerless, but you're still alive. And Harry doesn't know anything else, so. (laughs) (laughs) To open a door, Expelliarmus. Real quick here, um, somebody actually sent me an email two days ago pointing out that in the Goblet of Fire movie, apparently, I haven't been able to check this yet, but there's a scene. Do we have any screenshots of that, though? I was going to ask, because I was in the graveyard or what? It's not very convincing. It looks like it, but it's just in, coincidence. I mean, I want in Dumbledore's, uh, it's coincidence. It's, I think it's Dumbledore's. In Dumbledore's it's in Dumbledore's office. office. He apparently he opens up a, uh, on the glass shelf, and there's like an object in there that has a line, a circle, and a triangle. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that's there's actually screenshots online somewhere. There are screenshots. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're actually on your gallery, on the gallery somewhere. Maybe there. Yeah. Um, okay. Final question for today. Hi. Hi, I'm Donna from Hennepin, Illinois, almost oh. Iowa, and wow, I, <laughs> there you go. I um listen to the book with Jim Dale's recording rather than reading it. So, first of all, yeah, I wanted all the details in the ending, but I knew we couldn't have that, and I really liked the literary device that J.K. used when you waved goodbye uh, with Harry to the you know train departing the station. But, since I was listening to it and, and didn't have it in front of me, I really expected the Harry Potter music at the end of the recording, every recording, to come up after Harry said, the greatest man I ever knew. And I really thought that was going to be the ending. I don't know if anybody else felt that way uh, who listened to the book. Did anyone else listen to the book yet? Yeah. How, how long was the recording? Like 26 hours. Yeah. 26? Like 17 CDs. It's wow. in my apartment at home. Hey, did anyone listen to music wow. while reading the book? I listened to the Order of Phoenix soundtrack, and man, that soundtrack was perfect for the book. Like, especially when like Hedwig, Hedwig died. I was a little... The music was all sad, and I was just like, oh, man. I need to stop reading. Yeah. I love Jim Dale. I, I, I look. We were sort of thinking about listening to it in the car, but yeah, we preferred classic vinyl. We just heard argue. argue instead, yeah. Over, yeah. yeah, that's our own music. All right, guys. I'm um, looking for Alex. Do you want to come up here real quick, Alex Carpenter and Remus Lupin? Um, Isn't he dreamy? Look at him, Alex. Look at. We also, uh, before we let Alex take the stage and rock this Borders, we have a couple prizes to give away. Oh, yeah. So we're going to be doing a drawing. There's so many of you and here. And for the first prize, you guys are is rad. a Harry Potter seen it. Woo! Have you seen it? I'll draw. We? <laughs> uh, whoever draws automatically wins. Six nine four seven zero seven. Yes. Six nine four seven zero seven. <laughs> Who got the scene? It. Repeat Raise your hand. Again. Six nine four seven zero seven. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it's ah, someone right back no, there. That's an excited uh, sound. Uh oh. Six nine four seven zero seven. All right. Seen it. She is. We have a winner. Woo! Yeah. Woo! 
Yay. Nice. Wearing a MuggleCast t-shirt. That's very good. I'm not on that very shirt. Good. All right, next number, next number. Let's move it along. Yeah, we got to check. Yep. All right. Oh. And the next prize is another Harry Potter Seenits. <laughs> Harry Potter Seenits! Woo! Again. They're really fun to play. Is this the new one with uh, Order of the Phoenix video? <laughs> Six wow. nine four five one eight. You have a winner over here. Winner right over there. Yeah. Oh, right over here. Come on, get the seats. And third number, Jamie. Third number four. What is this for? A seats. <laughs> Is six nine four four seven eight. He sounds so sad. Person who won, come and be happy. Yeah, excited! Yay! Prizes. Are we are we giving that away? Is someone? Yes, we have a sign. Wow. If you look in the back there, there's a big poster. Ooh. Deathly Hollows cover art. It's signed by the illustrator Mary Grand Prix. Ooh. Where's my ticket? I yeah. That. How, right, how, how come I didn't get a ticket? Gee. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now. for the poster. <laughs> it's Don't screw it up. Right, ready? Here we go. Tickets out. Six nine four seven. <laughs> four seven two it's three. Me! Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yay! Woo! You can yeah, just grab it. I you don't, don't need to wade through. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Uh, sec, coming before in. whoa, 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 right whoa! Before whoa. we wrap things up here. First of all, thank you to Adam Bromberg for driving us around and selling our merchandise. He's been great. Give you a round of applause. He gives away free hugs. He's been feeling really lonely on the trip. So Pick go. Up a also, also thanks. Uh, the reason when you guys go on the website each day and you have like twenty five thousand layouts to choose from is because my little brother Dylan Sparks back there works on layouts. He's so hot. And also, uh, um, thank you to the border staff for having us. Also, you, that's great. Give them a give, round of applause. Merchandise is back there. You can get some fantastic Remus Lupins, Mugglecast, and, and Mugglecast. Muggle yeah, and for the first time in over half a year, if you guys, we can only sell them here at this event, but MuggleNet t-shirts are once again Man. available for sale. Brand They're new. really cool. Look at They're new, I too. got the old one on. He's got this the really cool This may be your one. last opportunity to ever buy one, because when we run out of these few boxes we have left, we are done. We can't sell any more. So the in the back, $15 each. Purchase Thanks, Remus Lupin CDs, t-shirts. Alex is going to rock this Borders out. And Alex, uh, stick around. Don't go stick anywhere. Around. We'll Thank stick you. around for it. So stay and watch some rock and roll.